right, all right, all right. Yo, 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 what it do, what it do. It's your boy, Yellow the Poet, here, and I am here with Miss Jennifer Pilates. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Jennifer is an author, co-author. She actually does some Pilates, and she also does some um, spiritual things as well. So I am looking forward to this interview today, checking out what you got going on and letting the world know how you can benefit them with this information. Thank you no, so thank much, Ms. Pilates, for being a part of this, this show today. Welcome, welcome, and welcome. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. I love your fabulous vibes. This is thank a great you. way to start the day together. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> so can you please start us off with letting us know what it is that you can do? Give us a summary of your of your bio because you got a lot going on. <laughs> I do have a lot going on. It's a little bit of a mouthful, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the long and the short of it is that I have been blessed to be helping clients transform body, mind, and spirit for over 20 years now as a celebrity trainer, Pilates expert, mm -hmm. mindset coach, intuitive advisor, author, top-rated podcast host. And, you know, it's through my customized programs that I really help clients to find alignment and to find their true authentic selves coming back to self, whether that be through a physical program that we're working on, whether that be a mindset program or whether that's an intuitive reading. And sometimes, honestly, it's all in one. And that's why the, the programs are so customized because when people come, they really do want a little bit of everything. That body, mind, spirit connection is all about movement, the mindset, the breath work. And when we can bring all that together, it's this beautiful opportunity to truly come into that empowerment place within yourself mm -hmm. so that you are feeling like, yes, I've got it together, both personally and professionally. You are ready to release blockages and to move forward in your life. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, so awesome. I love it. I love Thank it. you. That is awesome. So, how did you come into getting into the practice uh, teaching about the mind, body, and spirit? So that happened a hot minute ago, I like to say. Back in 1997, I was in, I giggle, but I was in a very traumatic car accident. And I was very heavily in the corporate world at that time. I had a mindset of, I will do A, B, and C. I will have a house when I am 30. I have my 401k. I have this. I have that. I was doing what everyone told me to do, right? So I was following the norm. I was following just what I knew, but it didn't mean it was in alignment with what I felt. And at that time, I was beginning to understand that. I took a job, um, which advanced me quite fast in the corporate industry, in the senior living housing um, industry. And it took me out of the part that I loved, which I was an, an advocate for residents advocate for Alzheimer's, advocate for families. And when you begin to climb the ladder, you tend to be pulled away from that. And it's more about numbers and budgets and, you know, bottom lines. And I get that. Um, I just didn't understand that's what was going to be happening to me. And so I literally remember crying in my office, calling my mentor, going, I'm so miserable. I'm so unhappy, you know, on and on and on. And then the car accident. 
So a big blessing in disguise when this happened, I could no longer work. I was in and out of doctor's offices seven to eight hours a day. At that time, I was in Boulder, Colorado, which is the Mecca of alternative holistic care. So at that point, I'm a young girl coming from Cape Cod, you know, little country bumpkin, didn't really know about all of this alternative um, practice that was out there. So it was like such an awakening and numerous levels, cranial sacral, chiropractor, massage care. I was seeing psychologists. I was seeing neurologists. I was seeing, you know, pain management. And then when nothing else was working, I was introduced to Pilates to an instructor who specialized in rehabilitative care, which now many years later, that's my specialty. And through her, I rehabbed with Pilates and I attempted to go back to work. And I think the universe said, oh my God, she didn't get the message. (laughs) Like, what is she doing? And uh, so there was uh, a few, a few changes that took place. And then I was laid off. Our company went public. It wasn't doing well. And I had said at that time, if you need to lay people off, lay me off. Not recognizing it as the young 20-something-year-old, really what I was saying. So when they came in and said, oh, by the way, you're laid off, I was like, wait, what? Um, What happened? And it was a true blessing. You know, through that time and through the car settlement, there was a little bit of money that came in. No coincidence. It was the exact amount needed to go to the Pilates Center in Boulder, Colorado, which is the Harvard of all Pilates schools. And so my trainer who had been working with me said, you know, you should really do this. You're really great. You can teach this, like, just go for it. And I didn't think twice. And I went to the school and my mission throughout the entire time was if I can come out and help just one person not be in pain, then I will have done my job. And now 20 some years later, having served numerous thousands of people around the world in person and virtually, I'm so blessed to say that I did complete that mission a few times over. Awesome. Um, definitely happy for you. Awesome. That is Thank awesome. you. I love, it. I love it. So how did you um, deal with the different types of pains that you were going through before you were introduced to Pilates? So Pilates was right. It was the last thing that came on the list, right? Um, so I did what all of the doctors said. And now the the bonus to this was having had so many years in the senior living industry, I actually started in the industry when I was 15. I knew what it meant to be an advocate for someone else in their healthcare. So I knew I needed to be an advocate for myself. So I was able to speak up and when certain modalities that I were, was trying wasn't working, I'd be like, you know, this, this isn't for me. And so it's almost like that little Bo Peep story, you know, try this, try that, try this, try that. And so throughout that, you know, the cranial sacral really helped, the massage worked, the um, psychologist and neurologist worked, you know, there, when I have soft tissue damage from the skull all the way down to the base of your spine and having a, a head injury, a brain injury, you know, you could hand me an apple and I would say, thank you for that orange. Nothing was connecting. And so it took a lot of time to progress through that. And I'll be honest, even in it, when I look back now, I had no idea the severity of what was going on at that time. When I look back now, I can see that, you know, God had me in the palm of his hands and was taking very good care of me. So it was through all these modalities and these incredible people and the guidance and being well protected from God in the universe that 
it opened up my eyes to the importance of the body, mind, spirit connection of which I did not have before. I didn't know about that. And so that was such an incredible awakening. Well, I kind of feel um, listening to your story, I kind of feel that you had some form of um, internal help with that and meaning coming from oneself because, you know, the first law of nature, self-preservation, I feel like you were definitely fighting about it within oneself and helping the laws of nature, nature, the spiritual, and the energies to get you where you needed to be. Because trust and believe, I really don't think they could have done it without your help. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so true. So, tell me, how has your... <laughs> This is funny to me because I'm the same thing, so I have to ask. <laughs> How has your stubbornness helped you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am a little stubborn. I I, I definitely am a Taurus. Um, <laughs> you know, I, when I put my mind to something, like I'm hell-bent on it. And if someone says, oh, I don't think that's a good, oh, you can't do that, then I'm doubly hell. It's like a double dare <laughs> like at that point. And so... Being stubborn, um, you know, I just, when I know what I want and I know what I want to do, I will find a way to do it. Yes, and um, being the creative person that I am, I, you know, I'm not a traditional entrepreneur. I'm not going to sit down and I never have um, and written a huge business plan or this, that, and the other thing. I've just always taken action. And for me, that has worked. Have I fallen forward. I like to say it. Have I had failures? No, but have I fallen forward a lot and picked myself up and kept moving? Absolutely. And that's growth and that's learning. So the stubbornness equals my perseverance and my persistence and my passion yes. to keep moving forward. So, you know, it's always taking a, an unpleasant moment or an unpleasant feeling. And I always say, what is the lesson to be learned in this moment? How is this happening for me, not to me? Mm -hmm. And then what is the blessing out of that? And now, mind you, I know that sounds really great to say. It has taken many years to um, put into practice. Yes. And I put into practice every day. You yeah. know, it's a we're all a work in progress. And we will continue to that be, you know, to be that way until we, you know, transition to wherever we go next, so to speak. <laughs> true. That is so true. I say the same thing until we transition. Because I don't believe in singing until you die and things like that. Transition. Right. Mm -hmm. Transition, then that's when everything else goes along. <laughs> exactly. Eternal life, right? Eternal life. That's there for, you know, eternal life. <laughs> so tell me this. Um, what has been some of the toughest things that you've gone through that has helped you to now create a balance in your life? Well, the car accident, definitely. We could say that was, that was huge. Mm -hmm. You know, that brought me into understanding mm -hmm. the body, mind, and spirit to actually living in my body, you know, having grown, grown up, um, like most of us with some trauma, you know, traumatic events and, and, and yes. trauma happening, which is how I, you know, became an intuitive empath. So it's, again, you know, the blessing out of 
the not so great situations. Um, the car accident definitely just, I mean, I wouldn't be who I am today without it. Mm-hmm. And I can go back and and I remind myself that. Like I remind myself on days maybe I, I get a little sidetracked, which we all do. And you see a little glimmer over there and you're like, oh, that looks nice. And then it's like, I got to stay in my lane. Stay in your lane, girl. Um, so that was, that was, the car accident was a challenging moment. Um, later in life, I don't talk about it much. I had a very serious health crisis that um, really turned things upside down for me. And it was, again, like a second, you know, kind of spiritual awakening in a big way. I think you can have lots of spiritual awakening, small, big, and sideways. And this was another really sat me down and said, do you want to be here? Because it was one of those moments. And um, yeah, that was, that, that really changed some things for me. And, and, and even with that, I have to remind myself every day is, and every moment is a gift. Nothing is guaranteed. And um, so I check myself quite regularly on that aspect of remembering, Hey, it's a gift that you're here. You know, what are you bitching about? Move on. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I can totally agree with you on that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So how did you come into um, getting into, let's say, ocean living and how does ocean living tie into your intuitive empath? (laughs) So really cool thing. I uh, was born in Baltimore, Maryland and grew up on Cape Cod, which is an island south of Boston in Massachusetts, surrounded by the ocean. So that thus is where my ocean loving moments came from. From there, I went to college in Rhode Island, surrounded by the ocean. Uh, then I got a little footloose fancy, went to Colorado Um, no water had to run back to Cape Cod. Um, (laughs) you know, know, so it started from when I was very young and the ocean is, the ocean is my happy place, my safe place. The ocean is my solitude and being an empath, water is everything. Water is cleansing. It is just so important for me as an empath, uh, to have that moment of quiet And I'm a completely different person. When you take me and you sit me by the ocean, it's as if I've had a massage for an hour and nothing else matters. And all of these beautiful messages begin to come in and, you know, whatever, whatever is going on in the world no longer matters. It's just me and the ocean. Mm -hmm. And I have such great respect for the ocean and uh, the gods of the ocean. So it just... I have written books by the ocean. I have written poetry by the ocean. My greatest inspirations will come by the ocean. So I am, I am an ocean girl. So how I ended up in the desert for nine years, I'm not quite sure how that happened. Um, but <laughs> so I'm making up for lost time right now for those nine years. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, no, the ocean is imperative to me. Like for instance, I'm right now currently looking for home. I was displaced um mm-hmm. when Hurricane Ian hit Fort Myers. So, and so living in a hotel for four months, um, not exactly considering I'm a hotel loving girl, 
Mm -hmm. I'm over it. Um, so I'm in a, a very temporary situation right now looking for home Perfect. and going, okay, God, I've lived in amazing places. Where's next? So I say like, I'm waiting on my transfer papers, you know, yeah. when people are in the military, cause I have military family, we grew up that way. So I'm waiting for my transfer papers right now. And my request is mm -hmm. 10 minutes within a bay or a Harbor, if not on it. Um, and no more than 30 minutes from the ocean. Awesome. So that's that's my one my one stipulant with god in the universe at this point in time so we'll see where i land <laughs> so when you're teaching pilates what is the main message that you give to your people on how to get them to be more comfortable doing pilates well you know when people come in i always say we do like this taste test i said it's like we're dating right you know, by the third session, you're either going to love me or you're going to say, this isn't for me. Let's just say everybody loves me. So because they always stay and that's true. It's a courting period. I'm getting to know you. You're getting to know me. I know your body. I know what's going on. And so I like to just approach it from let's just see what's going on in your body. Generally, someone's coming honestly because there's a pain, there's a discomfort, there's a goal. Um, because again, I am the rehabilitative specialist. And so we start with that. Mm -hmm. And then in bringing them into their body, meaning when we begin the workouts, it's all about centering. So we always start from your core and we work our way outward because regardless of where your pain is, there are other places in your body that are out of alignment. And mm -hmm. so by starting from the core, the innermost area of the body and working our way out, we can realign everything. So we can put everything back together that you are not even aware may not be in alignment. And that's muscular, that's emotional, that's cellular, that's breath work, that's mindset all in one. And so it's such an incredible experience to watch someone not only release the pain, but as you're releasing the pain, you're releasing the emotion, which means you're releasing whatever that irritant in the outside world really was. Because pain in our body is trying to tell us something that mentally we're holding on to. So there's so much more than, oh, I'm showing up for a Pilates exercise session when people come to me. So walk me through a typical setting, what makes the environment comfortable to the people as they're walking into your, um, into your room or into your environment? And okay, so right now, most of everything we're doing is virtually. Um, when I have new said home, then I'll most likely have another in-home studio because I'm just a serial entrepreneur and can't stop myself. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I think I've had seven or eight studios at this point across the United States. So what's one more, right? Um, so, right? So generally right now, so let's go with the Zoom setting because that's what we'll use, is it'll be you and I, you know, we'll, we'll come on. And now we would have already had our, I call it like get to know each other conversation. So we would have already chatted for 20, 30 minutes before this first session. So we're already kind of best buddies at this point. You're coming in and ideally you have a space in your home, whether you're on carpet or you have a mat, whatever works for you or a towel. It depends on where you are because a lot of my clients are around the world or traveling. So we use whatever is available. 
right? Because we want this to be available to you. Um, generally, there's, depending on the person, there's some sort of music playing. It depends on, is it ocean waves? Is it more meditative? It, are we rocking out that day? It's going to depend on the client and what we're doing that day. And that's why I say every session and every program for each person is customized. And every session is goal-driven and results-driven, mm -hmm. whether that means mentally, physically, emotionally, right. or all of the above. And so we, you know, we have fun. It's very, hey, let's work out. Let's have fun together. And then nine times out of 10, it always turns into a mindset coaching session. Because the next thing you know, you know, we're doing our exercises and you're like, oh my God, my wife did this. And I don't know what to do with it, Jennifer. Oh my God, the house and the construction. <laughs> and so honestly, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, that's how my empowerment coaching began. Uh, it began and birthed out of all the sessions because we were doing it anyway. So it's kind of like being in the barbershop. When I used to work yes. for the barbershop, we were I would be cutting someone's hair and next thing you know, here comes their life story. <laughs> exactly. Hundred percent same thing. And now for me in my practice with my clients, you know, everyone is family. Mm -hmm. I don't I do not take on clients to go, oh, I want to do a session with you. That it's not for me. I am here to help you on a journey to help you relieve pain, whether again, emotionally, physically, mentally, whatever that is. So I, you know, and I'm happy and I always refer people out because the Pilates community, I've been, well, been around, I've been around the bend. So I know everybody and I know everybody throughout the United States and world. So I'm happy to refer if that's what someone is looking for. Someone, you just want a good session, no worries. But when someone comes to me, it's like, let's, we're working and we're, we're getting results, whether you're losing inches, toning, mentally feeling good, self-confidence, improving your sex life. You know, you can even grow. I personally have grown a half an inch since I started doing Pilates. You know, the benefits, I mean, are so long it's it's wild and that's why it has you know stood the test of time i mean it's been around since 1800s yes. and so no matter what happens to it and there are places that i say wash it down so to speak those that know about the classical method and about joseph pilates and what it's really about yeah. they'll search that out and they want that because they know what it can do for them that is so true <laughs> that is so true so Tell me, how do you mentally prepare yourself for your clients and how is it now versus when you first started? Oh, funny. She, 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 that's a great <laughs> question. I love that. So I will start with now. So now, like before a session, I will like even before this, like I'm I meditated. I meditated for 15 minutes. I have sage burning right now. And, and I love that, you know, I have my crystals around me and I'm just, I, you know, I have a prayer that I do and, and, and that's to honor the space and to hold space for when a client comes in. And that is whether we're doing Pilates, whether that is coaching, whether that's an intuitive reading session, that always happens for me. That's what I do um, to, to set up that practice and, you know, and call in, you know, God and the angels to, to be here and to support us, you mm -hmm. know, along the way. And now when you go backwards to when this first started, um, I didn't, it's interesting. I didn't know. I, well, here, one of my mottos is you don't know what you don't know until you know, right. Yeah. And so back then there was a lot that I didn't know, mm -hmm. but yet I was doing. Mm -hmm. So example, 
I would have client. I loved sage. I learned back in the day that like, you know, using sage, whether that is a spray or whether you are burning that it just clears the energy. Yes. Right. And so you just always want to clear Somebody could come in crabby. You don't want the next person to walk into that energy. You know what it's like when you're, you walk into an energy, you're like, whoa, everybody's in here is not so great. You don't want that. So I always used to sage. So that's nothing new. People have always known that about me. Clients used to come in in pain in the very beginning. When they would leave, they'd be like, oh my God, Jennifer, I feel, I feel amazing. This is great. And I'm like, I'm really glad you feel good. We have my shoulders freaking killing me. So this is when I didn't know that I was an intuitive empath, but I knew there was some sort of energy exchange going on. So I had researched, I knew at that time, okay, if I wear amethyst, amethyst will absorb that energy versus it coming into me. So it was the beginning of all of these beautiful learning processes that have brought me to now being an empowered empath where you know, I would say 90% of the time, I do not take on that energy anymore. I, I, I know how to uh, set healthy boundaries. I know how to, I don't like to use the word protect myself, but that's really what you're doing yeah. is you're protecting yourself from other people's energies. And so, and, and not out of fear, it's just because that's yours and I don't need to take that on where, you know, years ago being in the empath, you know, being an empath in general, for mm-hmm. those that may not know what that means is, Generally, nine times out of 10, you grew up with some sort of traumatic household situation going on, whatever that may be. And you were responsible or you felt responsible for keeping the peace. And so in order to feel safe, you would keep the peace and make the peace within your house. So fast forward, you know, being an empath, you just sort of always do that. It's like, well, if everyone else finally feels good, okay, then I can be at peace. So I have to control this. So there's a process when you're an empath of learning that that really is not the way. And it's about finding peace within and healing within. And the more you heal as an empath, the less energy you will pick up from whatever is around you. And that is key because what you pick up is what still needs to be healed within you. If that makes sense. So like, it, like for instance, even like a, like a couple weekends ago, something kept happening to me. And I like to say the universe will begin whispering signs to you. And then when you're not getting them, here comes the, the two by four or the fry pan upside the head, I say. And so they, the universe was whispering to me. And then by the third day, it was like, bam, Jennifer, do you not see what is happening? And so there was an old trigger that I thought had been healed. But I could feel that this was from childhood. I could feel my inner child. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, sweetie, like, you're okay. You're safe. I got you. Now, you know, I know I still have work to do on that, but mm-hmm. I wasn't as debilitated as when I was a child in that same situation. Right. Right. So yay, I grew and yay, I know I still have more growth to do. So thus, I'm still here on this beautiful planet. <laughs> <laughs> So during the time that you had to spend in the hospital, what were some of the um, key thought processes that helped you to actually activate your uh, natural healing process? Well, during the car accident, I would go with none. Right. Because I didn't know prayers. Right. Like total at that point in time, 100 percent prayer. That's all I knew. Right. Like I didn't. It was just prayer. Like what's going on? Like, let's just pray. I'm okay. 
fast forward to um, the major event that happened about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that also, that was a whole different prayer that yeah. was on your knees. Like, please God, like, I don't, I, why me, you know, again, you go through the why me first and then it's okay. I just want to live. And then I called on my friends that were healers and I said, please help me help me with my mindset. Because when you get into such a scary place, all I'm going to be honest, all bets are off as, as wonderful as I am with mindset, it, I'm not perfect. And so that is, and what I say, it's so important to ask for help and be vulnerable. And that is something for me personally, that's very, very difficult to do. Um, but I did in those moments. And when I did that, I could then find strength in others to bring strength into myself and to help the calm. And so through meditation, um, I'm big with my meditation and my Reiki meditation and my self Reiki practice Mm -hmm. and just being able to talk, having someone to talk to, um, where you can feel safe and vulnerable. And, you know, I had wonderful, wonderful, you know, spiritual friends all around me, actually all over the United States who were sending healing, sending prayers to help me stay Mm -hmm. in an okay mindset because there was a scary surgery coming up and I was like, I'm not doing it, not doing it. Mm -mm, mm -mm, No God. And so what God did was God delayed it for a month. Mm -hmm. And during that month, I was put through hell and back again Mm -hmm. to realize okay, that's pretty much the only route I have. So I was given a preview of what my life would be like without it. Wow. Okay. And so, you know, it was the way the universe and God was willing to work with me. Again, a blessing in disguise to get me to that place to be okay with it at that time, because that really was what was best for me. But if that had happened right away, I mean, I was so shell-shocked with everything that was going on that I I just, I couldn't comprehend it. And sometimes that's good. Like some people are like, great, just, you know, take me through it. But for me at that time, I just had so much to process and didn't understand and, you know, get to that, that place where you were okay and you felt safe in your body. And so again, it all came back to the mindset. So... I like that uh, because you were definitely expressing some emotions that some people may have gone through other instances that may have either been similar or just different from yours. But the emotion, the feelings, the um, transformations that you go through are pretty much similar and the same for some other people. Right. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if it was a car accident. It doesn't matter if it's heart surgery. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's an asthma attack. It doesn't matter if you stubbed your toe. It's relevant. And one thing that, again, that comes back is being an advocate for self. Mm-hmm. And something else that I have learned is that, you know, our medical community and society has gaslighted people into surgery is no big deal. Like it's like whatever. And the surgery that I was going into, I didn't care. Like my doctor's like, whatever, I do this every day. It's not a big deal. And I'm like, this is a big bleeping deal. Like this is huge. And so I've really been an advocate for letting people know, like, 
I don't care if someone tells you it's only lap, lapar, how do you say that word? Laparoscopic? Oh, laparoscopic. Yeah. Laparoscopic. Yeah. Yes. That's surgery. I don't care if it's to your toe, to your heart, to your liver, to that's surgery. And when you are going in and you are putting a foreign object into your body or slicing into your body, your cells, your body is going through trauma and you need healing for that. And it's more so than just the physical aspect. And so it takes time. Like they said, you're going to be fine in three days. You'll be back to normal in a week, Mm -hmm. two years later. Wow. Two years later to put all of the pieces together because it was such a big deal for me. And and I want everyone to know that too. Whatever you're going through is right for you. Yes, yes it is. Because there is a process in which you actually overcome things. That's how we have these memories. That's how mm-hmm. we have um, stories to tell other people. That's how we have these testimonies because we were able to overcome these things, live through them, and have something to remember and something to share with somebody else that could possibly help them. Our energies that we use during that time could possibly help somebody else. And that's what we, this is one of the things that we actually focus on. And it's a beautiful thing because not only are you learning from telling your story, but the person is learning from listening to your story. Right. So... I ask you this, at any time, has there been opportunities for you to um, pretty much give yourself that internal self-encouragement? And do you use that same method to teach the people that you're teaching? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, all the time, right? And that's, that's a growing process every day. Like I... I seek out knowledge every day. I feel like knowledge is power if you take action with it, right? Like you got to follow up with it just because you can know a lot and do nothing with it. You've got to, you've got to follow up. Knowledge is power if you use it, if you put it into action. And so for me, every day is about serving Mm -hmm. and being on this earth is about serving. How can I serve? How can I, whatever that is, whether that the other day I was in CVS and there was a gal that was melting down and I was like, are you okay? And I talked to her for like 20 minutes yeah. and, she, you know, we got her through what she was going through. And I just felt so good that I did good. <laughs> and so those are the practices, like the practices that I, that I lead by um, doing good, just yeah. being a good human being and having a good heart and showing up and serving. And, and that's how, and what I employ, whether that's my personal life or whether that's my business life and, you know, again, I'm human. I have to check myself. Um, absolutely. And I have moments, but the difference is, is if I have a moment, I don't beat myself up like years ago. I like beat myself up forever. And then I'd be like, nope. Okay. What can you learn from this? How can you be better? How can you do better? Okay. Let's move on. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Same thing. I refuse to beat myself up over something that yeah. I feel I did wrong or messed up right. because that's a that's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I was going to get it right when I first made the attempt. I didn't get it right. The outcome was totally different. So now, just like you stated, what do I learn from that? Right. And I grow from it. Yes. So sometimes it takes me 
I have to ground myself. And once I ground myself, it allows me that mental and physical balance that I need in order for me to articulate what happened, put it into some form of details, summarize it, and then proceed forward with my life. But this time, not making the same mistakes. Absolutely. One of my favorites is always, I say, you know, and I have lots of like, I have a whole toolbox, (laughs) you know, but what, you know, but one of the things that I love is if you can remove yourself from the environment, like the other day I was having a minute and I was just like, that's it. I grabbed my phone. I grabbed my earplugs. I'm like, I'm going for a walk. Mm-hmm. And so I put in my ear pods to make it look like I'm talking to someone so that when I talk out loud, I don't look like a crazy person. <laughs> and so I'm walking and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having it out with God. Like it is not a good conversation and the tears and, you know, people are probably like, oh my God, this poor girl, like what is up with her? <laughs> and, you know, but what I, I like to say is movement is important. So one, I allowed myself to feel my emotions. I gave myself time to just let it out. I moved the walking of it so I could help move the energies through me versus just sitting in it because that's a choice. You have a choice. You can sit there. You can let it go through you. And then I shifted that energy into, okay, what are you really upset about? Is it really that big of a deal? Okay, how can we change this? And that's a regular practice for me all the time. Like walking is very meditative for me, whether I am happy, whether I'm sad, I always start my day with it end my day with it Um, on top of my just regular little, I'll lay down and do Reiki meditation. Like walking is, and then if I can walk by the ocean, I mean, that's magical, but you know, over here, at least I'm walking by the bay or I'm walking through nature. As long as I'm in nature as an empath, then yes, it's all about grounding and shifting the perspective and shifting the energy. And the first thing I would say is get yourself out of the environment. I don't care if you have to just get up and go to the bathroom, like just change the dynamic Mm -hmm. and you can change the scenario if you're willing to let go. Now you can also hold on to that anger and that resentment and that guilt and, and hurt and whatever it is, you can also hold on to it. I suggest not. I know you suggest not. It's not healthy for you. It's only hurting you. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So as a um, holistic practitioner and a spiritual thought leader, what are some of the things that you incorporate into the people that you're teaching about? your practices. Mm -hmm. So what I like to help people with is that you are a human being. Congratulations. Like we're going to fall, we're going to get back up and we're going to fall again because it's natural. Like that's just what's going to happen. This is earth school. Mm -hmm. In school, you're here to learn lessons. And so sometimes they're great. And then sometimes, you know, they're not so great. Yes. But they turn out to be a blessing later. Everything we go through, not only does it help ourselves, but it ultimately, you end up serving someone else. You're unhappy. You go through a divorce. You think it's the worst thing in your life. And then the next thing, three years later, your best friend is going through a divorce and you're like, babe, I got you. Here's the attorney. Here's what you do. I can, it it turn, everything can turn into an empowering moment. I find if we're really willing to go there. And so that's something that I always, on the surface level, will touch with clients. And then if 
if it's appropriate, mm -hmm. I will begin peeling back the onion <laughs> and going a little further. You know, for instance, like so-and-so is really upset their, you know, their husband, their wife did A, B, and C. And I'm like, oh, really? Well, have they done that before? Oh, they have. So this is a pattern. Mm -hmm. Oh, you've allowed this pattern. Huh. Mm -hmm. But you're mad at them. <laughs> huh. Okay. You know, so it just like, just as an example, right? And you can make it fun and you can make it lighthearted to the point that someone goes, oh my gosh, I'm doing this to myself. So I like to say, I have my toolbox. While I could sit here and give you the answer sometimes, sure, if needed, but nine times out of 10, I'm holding someone's hand and I'm bringing them on this journey of learning and growth because this is about you. I'm here to help you empower you. And whatever tools I, I need to pull out, I'll do that. Um to help people get where they need to be and see the, you know, and to see that nine times out of 10, you know, everything comes down to lack of control, insecurity, and fear, false evidence appearing real. Everything always comes down to those three. Yeah. And when you can get there and you can see it, it doesn't mean you're still not going to be scared or whatever, but you've got a different perspective. And you shift the mindset and then you're like, huh. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, when we're on stage, we don't, we don't stop and say, oops, I made a mistake. We just keep going. You just got to roll with it. No, absolutely. Just keep rolling with it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is so cool. It's fun. And especially when, when you got other people out there who understand the momentum of how it is to be on stage, entertaining other people. They understand like, okay, yeah. Thank goodness you kept going. At least you knew that. <laughs> right. You cover each other's tails. You're there for one another. That's what it's about for sure. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so when we're looking at um, rehabilitation and we're looking at Pilates, in what form do you teach the people that, okay, when we're looking to heal ourselves, there are certain steps that we need to take as far as healing. But we're talking about mentally, because without mentally healing ourselves, we definitely will not heal physically. So what steps do you take to help them realize that this is a process that they need to go through in order to actually become healed from this process, from what they're actually going through? Right. So when clients, you know, come to me, 
And, you know, whether it's Pilates or coaching, you know, we're going to talk about the process and we're going to say, okay, here's our goal. Here's where we know we're at today. Here's where we'd like to be in 10 sessions, 20 sessions, 30 sessions, right? Now with Pilates in general, we could start with that. Joseph Pilates, the originator of the Pilates method, had a guarantee. In 10 sessions, you will begin to feel a difference. In 20 sessions, you will see a difference. And in 30 sessions, you will have your new Pilates body. That will be specific to you. Now, is that losing inches? Is that losing weight? Is that being out of pain? Is that walking taller? Is that feeling better? All of that can encompass that. Mm-hmm. Now, depending on the client and when they come in, we're, we're not just going to go, okay, 30 sessions, you're going to be a miracle child. We're going to look at what is really going on. And then generally, I find nine times out of 10, people don't tell you the full story. Three sessions in, I see the full story and I'm like, oh, okay. So this is what's really happening here. Okay, great. Um, and we tailor things and I let people know. I, I, I will never say like, oh, I can, you know, well, I probably have said, oh, I can cure you. Um, because generally I know when people come in, like what's going on. Um, and I've helped so many people that they were told they needed knee surgery or back surgery or whatever it was. And they didn't mm-hmm. because they were willing to follow the program because they were dedicated. And that's the part too, right? They can show up and I can express yes. what can work, but they have to do the work. I'm showing up with my toolbox. I'm going to help you, but you've got to put in the work too. And so in putting in that physical work, you're also putting in the mental work because just speaking on Pilates now, it is a mind, body, spirit practice. Mm -hmm. So we are healing that mind, body connection. And then the spiritual aspect comes in on a cellular level and how you begin to feel about yourself, that confidence we're building, that self-love and self-worth that's coming back that wasn't, maybe wasn't ever there, or maybe finally is returning. You know, you didn't know that it had exited, you know, stage left for a while. And now you're like, wow, you know, I'm really feeling good. And I know that recently I had, a, you know, a client say that to me. She said, you know, you heard me. You allowed me to speak. You heard me. You listened. And no one has done that in a long time. And, you know, she said, this was, you know, this was better than 10 years worth of therapy. And not only am I feeling better emotionally, but physically I'm feeling better than I've ever been. So it's like two for the price of one on numerous levels. And the other really uh, spectacular thing I think about Pilates, particularly now let's address the people who don't like to work out. Okay. Because like, sometimes we just don't want to. So fine. I always say like, at least do five minutes of something, do five minutes of whatever it is you don't want to do. And then the next thing you know, you're going to complete that, that effort, but at least you're following through for yourself. So you're, you yourself begins to trust yourself. So with Pilates, we are working on your innermost muscles, which means your outermost muscles that you see that everyone wants to flex in the gym and look pretty on the beach for those are automatically getting worked. So it's the two for the price of one, physically, mentally, and then spiritually. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. I love it. That is awesome. It kind of, one of the things that you say kind of reminds me of, because I do um, relationship building on my um, YTP Gentleman's Club. So I actually talk to some of the guys mostly because a lot of the the females you all understand relationships far better than we do as guys so i tell them i say look the way that this works is you have to show particular signs to a woman that 
would help her to understand that you are not just interested in her physically, but you're also interested in her mentally and emotionally. You can't just show one and just say, just omit the others. You have to put all these things together and you have to be willing to use them. Don't just say, okay, right. I can do that. I can do it. No, it's not about I can do this verbally. It's about I can do this mentally. I can actually go ahead and perform this. When you perform these things, now you're giving her the security that she needs to know that this relationship can move forward. Absolutely. Stop wasting her time. Stop wasting your time. Just keep moving forward until you're actually ready to work on yourself in those in those ways. Because once you do, now you're opening yourself up and you're opening new doors for opportunities to build a stronger relationship than you've ever had in your entire life. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so valuable. So here's my suggestion as an intuitive advisor. Mm -hmm. I think that you should have your own dating app or your own dating show. (laughs) And and you can say, these are men that have graduated from the name of your school. And the women are going to know that they have their bleep together. And they're going to be like, oh, oh, I want one of those guys. I want one of them. Yes, please. Could you? Yes, please. <laughs> Clone them into the world. <laughs> I thank you for that. I thank you. I'm actually- and I think, you know what? I think you should have a counterpart for women too. It's not just men, right? Yeah. Because we're all a little tainted from however we've been grown up and then what society does to us. And, you know, the the feminine have, the, the women have lost their way in this world, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the men have lost their way. And I blame this again, I'm going to blame it on our external environments because you only know what you, what you know, you know, right. And you don't know what you don't know until you know. And so (laughs) females for so long have been brought up and, and, uh, customized, I guess you would say (laughs) through society that you can do it. You don't need a man, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Put on your flower dress and need a man. (laughs) <laughs> I personally want a man that can show up to kill a spider, chop a piece of wood and make dinner. I want a man that's emotional. Like what happened to that? The old school ways like that, you know, everything kind of got lost in, in some sort of weird, weird shuffle that's going on. And I think it's very important what you're doing and to have a female counterpart to do that for women as well would be huge because so many women don't even realize that they're not being feminine. They're not working from their divine feminine. Like the men, a lot are not working from their divine masculine. Mm -hmm. And we need to heal those personally, collectively to bring our ourselves back to a more loving, compassionate, aligned space for both men and women. Well, let me share something with you that's um, historical. I've learned that more than 400,000 years ago that a lot of the men and women were stripped of ancient etiquettes. And a lot of ancient etiquettes, like, for example, I give you one. Um, guys like to, when they first meet a woman, 
the women and the guys pretty much do the same thing. They like to stick out their right hand to receive a handshake as they're meeting one another. Wrong. It's totally wrong. It's not even something that we're supposed to do. As a man, we're supposed to greet the woman with the left hand and you hold your hand firmly and you either nod or you kiss her hand. That's how you're supposed to greet a woman. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> so that's how you're actually supposed to greet a woman. But there's so many things that goes along with that that we've been stripped of. And now what I do is I try to work to put those things back into perspective. And I'm still doing some homework because there's a lot of things that I've learned, but there I feel that there are a lot more that we've been stripped of and I want to get it all in there. Oh, I'm fascinated. This sounds like a great book. It sounds like a great workshop, a great TV show. I love this. It's similar to, I was listening to a gentleman the other day and you'll have to tell me what you think about this. Okay. And so he, it was coaching women <laughs> and he was saying that women were saying, well, I don't want to make the first move. I don't want to do this. They're supposed to do this. And he said, you're wrong. He said, women, get this. He goes, women have been making the first move all along. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and he goes, think back to the day. Like say, I don't know, 1920s, 1930s. Okay. A woman was walking down the street. She saw a gentleman that she fancied. She dropped her hanky as he walked by. He picked it up. He gave it to her. He thinks he's making the first move. She actually made it because she dropped the hanky. Exactly. That is so true. That is so true. But and I thought, whoa. I have to add one thing to that because even before that, what was the first thing that she did? She gave the look of interest before mm -hmm. the hanky was ever even dropped. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Yes, it is. So, and this is something, and I actually did an interview with a woman who's like, a, a huge feminist and and basically by the end of the conversation I said you know what and, and this could this could maybe shudder some people right now <laughs> I feel while women have been trying to progress and and and, and be all this in a bag of chips mm -hmm. it's actually regressed the female society <laughs> society in a whole has taken a toll on all of us and we're not who we used to be oh they that's a podcast in itself <laughs> <laughs> So did you know that another historical thing that used to happen was that a man could stand on the woman's um, right side while she's on his left side? And you, we used to be able to feel energies that would tell us if there was a um, theory of magnetism between him and her. And that no longer happens. Hmm. The EMFs, do you think? Yes. The sky spraying, do you think? Yes. The water, <laughs> the food, the phones. The solar energy. The LED lights everywhere. <laughs> I could go on and on and on on this one. I am not surprised. Well, because that goes back to your heart field and your heart center. Mm -hmm. it does. When you are truly in a line... Mm -hmm. And you send out that heart feel like I can literally connect with my animals and I do it all the time to talk mm -hmm. with them and through my heart center and my heart field. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A lot of that has been 
tainted. So now that we're going down a rabbit hole, let's go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> so remember back in the day, because I feel like maybe we might be around the same age. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> they went around and they took all the lead paint out of houses. Yes. Yes, I do remember that. I was Okay. <laughs> oh God, you were helping. I'm so sorry. Yes, so do you know why they really did it? They were, according to them, the reason why they did it was to actually make the housing environment safer, not only for children, but also for the elderly, because they were the ones who were being, um, who were being attacked by the lead the most, and children were also eating it. But do you know what the real reason was? What was the real reason? I don't think the I lead housing? Mm -hmm. would not allow all the EMFs to come through the 5G towers, the microwaves from place to place. It wouldn't allow, they couldn't, they could not listen in on everything. They couldn't do it. So that's why they took the lead out of all the houses. It actually, I mean, granted, no, no children should, no one should digest lead paints. No one should do that. We're not suggesting that, but that's why they did it. Think about it. When you go in for an x-ray, what do they put on you? Like that lead thing. Yes, yes they do. They removed everything so that they can see everything, hear everything. Yes, indeed. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness. That makes a lot of sense because it's is everything is about radio waves nowadays and the any yes. type of radio waves that they can use to mm -hmm. invade anyone's personal space, they're gonna do it. That's definitely oh, <laughs> oh wow. We got whoa, we got that's we've just gone into three other podcasts right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but it's all applicable to understanding your body, mind, and spirit connection and that you need grounding. Yes. Your feet need to physically feel the earth, not in your shoes. You need water. Your body's 80% water. You need to ground, you know, or have, I have certain crystals around. Exactly. You've got your water. <laughs> I, certain crystals that are around the computers and this, that, and the other thing. I don't have electronics in my bedroom. Um, there's all sorts of different ways, even though we're making very light of this conversation yeah, while it's very serious, yes. there are ways that you can, you know, work on, on, on protecting yourself and, and doing good for yourself and your body. And again, this goes back to knowledge is power. If you're willing to take action on it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And you know, another trick that I learned that, you know, how they have the, um, the, uh, the thermal bags. Yeah. You know, you can actually take the uh, your phone, your cell phone, your Bluetooth, and put them inside of the thermal bag and block any transmissions from coming in or out away from your phone. <laughs> 100 percent off the grid. I may have a couple of those bags. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the girl who wants a cabin in the middle of nowhere. So that I can have my chickens and my goats and my greenhouse and, you know, just be at peace and, and have this beautiful Pilates meditative retreat and, <laughs> and not deal. <laughs> That's funny because my wife was just talking about getting put her on an island and just totally take her away from all the rest of the people and let her live in peace on her island. My girlfriend just sold everything and moved to Mexico, to Puerto Vallarta. Oh, wow. She was living in Portland, Oregon. She sold everything. She sold her house. And she was like, I'm out. I'm done with this. Wow. And, I, I, and now she had been there before. She travels. She's a writer. So, I mean, 
okay. it was and i was like whoa <laughs> and she's like do you want to come and i'm like girl i'm trying to get to snow but you really have piqued my interest like you just often said peace out like she took citizenship like she peaced out she's not on vacation she went for it and so i think that there's something to say to that too right now i know a lot of people are being called to change jobs change locations and that's freaking some people out and i want to say you're not alone and lean into it because everyone is being guided where you're supposed to be and where you are needed where your energies are needed and so follow that and go for that that is so true you don't follow your energies it's kind of hard to say where you end up because and one thing too to add to that understand your energies don't just follow an energy and you're not clear as to what that energy is trying to tell you understand the different forms of energies that are out here because these forms of energy are trying to lead you to a place where you need to be and you need to understand that and you need to follow you have to you can't just let that be something that just lies docile internally and you're still using your mind to go and do something totally different from where the energy is trying to lead you Right. You'll be disjointed. That's when the head and the heart aren't connected. And that's when chaos usually erupts. Yes. When you know the synchronicities and you meet this person and you meet that person and this and that, and you can fight it. And I'm known, like we can call in the universe and God. He'll be like, oh yeah, Jennifer fights some things all the time <laughs> because I want to know, I want all the answers. And so the other flip side is don't be afraid to ask. Like if someone's like, if you get this sense of, I woke up and I feel like I need to go to Alaska and you're like, hell no. Why don't you go, why Alaska? Like, I would be wanting to know why. Like, what's with that? You know what I mean? Like, but that's me. I'm inquisitive. I want to know. I want to be able to touch, feel, heal, understand it all. And I I encourage people to challenge. And it's okay to challenge um, your messages, downloads, however you want to, you know, whatever message you're getting from God in the universe, it's okay to go, Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Send me clarity. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I've had to do that a couple of times on some things, and I was like, oh, heck no. <laughs> and then when I asked for the clarity, I was like, oh, I guess I got to do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> huh, all right. <laughs> Let me get my seatbelt on. <laughs> right. And <laughs> give my mountain climbing gear because. <laughs> Mm -hmm. serious journey right let me see which way i can (laughs) and it always ends up and here's the other thing too like even right now i mean like i'm the girl who you know was running from a hurricane in a fema hotel three fema hotels in four in four months you know still not at home um but i know that in this moment in time i'm exactly where i need to be And I know that I am safe. And that is something that I want people to know when they're in the middle of Mm. the ick. Yes. Just remember, if I was supposed to be somewhere else, I would be there. (laughs) That's true. And I always like to say, like right now, like I'm in that waiting room. I'm waiting for my transfer papers. And when you look at people around you, you will begin to receive signs. Like, for instance, so my family is still in Fort Myers and we're, and I'm, you know, I've been working on trying to get them out Uh 
and it, it's a process, right? Like this is a traumatic situation that everyone has gone through down there. Now, today I received a phone call. Oh my gosh, people came into our condo and they're buying this and they're buying that. And so now that the excitement is getting there, right? So what the universe is showing me is your time is coming, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. It's beginning to happen around you. So your, your, you're coming up. And so I want people to know that too. The next time that your girlfriend, you know, or your friend is getting married and, and, or they're having a baby or they're buying a house or they get a new job, be excited for them because those are insights into what is coming into your life. It may not be that same exact thing. It's not going to look the same way, but when things, I have such goosebumps even talking about when things like that are happening around you, it's getting closer to you so and your is. time is coming. Yes, it is, especially when it starts to happen to the people that you care about the most. Oh my goodness. And you start seeing, okay, here's one person's happening. Here's the next person. Here's the next, oh my goodness. And I'm getting goosebumps too because mm -hmm. I understand the process. I understand yes. how it goes. So I do know that that is something that it happens is a moment. It's one of the most exciting moments that you can ever have. And being excited for other people, being excited for yourself. And then when the moment comes for yourself, it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> First thing you say, what am I going to do now? <laughs> right? Because that's always me. Like, I always want a heads up. I'm always like, well, where am I going? Where am I going? You know, and, and I, I have, I mean, I really do have a good sense where I'm going. It's just... The, the, and you'll know, like when the, when the road is paved and it's smooth, it's smooth sailings. And until it's that, it's not time. Don't force it. I've also tried to force stuff. That doesn't usually bode well either, by the way. Um, it does not bode well. <laughs> so learn to just go with the flow, whatever that is. And so I always tell people now, because I am a Taurus and I am stubborn and I have a little OCD, I don't really have to-do lists. Like I have lists of things I'd like to get done today, this week, and this month. I don't even look to this year because I mean, that's not how God works with me. No, no, I'm not that that person. I, yeah, I tried that in my 20s. That didn't work then either. Um, but also with that being said, like I also go with the flow. If I have five things on my list today, but I'm being guided to go do A, B, and C, Yes. I'm going to go with the flow of A, B, and C because there's a reason behind it. Yes, it is. Don't fight it and have the faith. The money's going to be there. The love will be there. The health will be there when you are willing to show up and basically be obedient to your life yes. Yes. and be in the flow. Yes. And stop trying to alter things you have no control over. <laughs> right? We have no control over nothing. Look, we're all in a waiting line. We have no, we're all in a waiting line to transition and we don't know where we are. Yeah. So we all better make the best of this moment. <laughs> like wait with patience. That's yes. what we're saying. Wait with patience. Because if mm -hmm. you wait patience, you're allowed to get exactly what you're looking for. But then... But also goes back into being careful what you ask for because you just may get it. If you're in a bad relationship and I just saw this happen to someone, she was in a bad relationship and she say, I'm just asking God to give me um, a man and put me in a better situation than what I am in. Well, the man that she's in a bad relationship with decided he wanted to change for a little while and it was only for a little while. And he gave her exactly what she asked for. She didn't say, I want a different man. She didn't say, I want a, a man outside of the one that I have because I'm tired of this one. She asked for something. She got exactly what she asked for. 
and then she regretted because she didn't ask for it in a proper mannerism. Mm-hmm. So be careful what you ask for. Right. And ask for it in a proper mannerism. <laughs> right. You've got to details. The universe loves details. Yes. And yes. then also, and I find this, so this is where there's this flip side, right? Because I love the law of attraction. I love working with the universe. So mm. while the universe loves details and they, you know, go with your vision board, whatever resonates with you, do that. At the same time, the universe appreciates and 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 wants you to say, I surrender the outcome. It is this or something better. And the moment that you surrender, that's when the flow of the energy can go and that's when the universe can do their job. You can have that vision in your head, but don't worry about that middle part. That's for the universe to do. That's not for you or I to do. And that's where the magic, I always say, that's where the magic happens. And you're like, and it does, right? I always say God brings us out bigger, better, stronger. Yes. (laughs) He's never going to, and I've never been downgraded. Mm -hmm. Every hotel for four months was always one was better than the other. How that happened. Thank you, Jesus. Um, (laughs) But I mean, honestly, I'm not saying I was in a lap of luxury, but like each one granted me, like it was the littlest things. When you're in a hotel for a few months and you don't have the Hallmark channel, I mean, that can be pretty sad. You know, when all you want is a little happy moment in your life, the last hotel, it had three Hallmark channels, you know, like God was like this poor girl, give her some Hallmark, like, you know, so it's, and don't be afraid to ask because if something has been placed in your heart, in your head, it's there for a reason and you're worthy of it. And so you need to believe that you're worthy and rise to that vibration so yes. that you can draw it into your life. Indeed. Yes, indeed. I stayed in a hotel for two years. So I totally understand. <laughs> totally right. understand. Right. Well, thank you so much, Miss Jennifer Pilates. You have been an awesome guest. Please let our fans know where they can meet you. As far as you know, virtually, let them know where they can meet you, where they can go to um, watch some of your things, your podcasts, your websites, things of that nature. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for having me here today. This has been so much fun. I was looking forward to this and this has been a blast. Like I say, I always love, I just always love where the universe takes one of our interviews. It's so fabulous. So thank you for that. This has been a true honor. And as far as I would love to continue this conversation with all of you, you can head over to jenniferpilates.com. You will find my new book there. You can subscribe to the newsletter because let me tell you, do I have some exciting news coming later this month on top of we have a 14 day Pilates challenge that is taking place later this month. So you can experience a little bit of what we've been speaking about. You can check out the podcast, Empowered Within There. And you know what? We can just be friends. We can be pen pals. And I would love that. So everything is over at jenniferpilates.com. So and please, before we go, give us a summary about the book. Please give us a summary. <laughs> ah, so the book is called The Change. It's learning about how to become empowered within. And so I had the honor of being a co-author with Les Brown and Jim Lutz and Jim Britt. And I know you want to like get goosebumps. I still get goosebumps. Such an honor to work with like the best of the best in personal development and in mindset. And that was amazing along with other co- co-authors. And so in that book... I was honored to have a chapter and it's teaching you how to live an empowered life from within. And I will tell a secret that no one knows about this. I'll tell it here and drop it here. That chapter I wrote, I'm sorry, I get a little emotional. 
displaced without a home, sitting beside a creek with 20 F-15 planes flying over my head. Mm-hmm. And that's how I wrote that chapter. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very, very special, special moment in my life in a transition that, and to show m- magic happens in growth and magic happens in those dark moments if you're willing to look for the light. So when you are having that, what feels like dark moment or you feel like you're in the dark and you can't see, sit, ground, and look for the light. It's there. Yes, indeed. Our failed moment. Miss Jennifer Pilates, everybody, definitely please make sure that you are checking out Miss Jennifer Pilates' website. Make sure that you're going and checking out this podcast. Check us out. Let everybody know what's been going on and what you learned from this. I hope that this has been as great of an experience for you all as it has been for me and for Miss Jennifer. Thank you so much. You have truly been a blessing. I greatly appreciate you. And I will send you some of my information, you know, email and business phone number, all that good stuff so that we can hopefully make plans to do something else in the near future. I would love to. I would love it. It's been a blessing. You are definitely the light in this particular video. Thank you so much. Thank you. Peace and blessings to you, Miss Jennifer. You too. I hope that everything that you deserve comes your way. Thank you. You too. (laughs) Absolutely. Many blessings to you. Many blessings. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Thanks. You too.